Rewind with Oshin Langan. He sends the ball to cross goal, over to Martial, and Anthony Martial makes it 1-0. We have to play now Tottenham. It's not an easy match, but normally we are playing very well against the top teams. So when we continue with that, I shall be very happy. And it's got into the back of the net. Where's Morgan? It has to be said against the run of play. And Wes Morgan has delivered a big, big moment in the Premier League. You know, there's decisions being made on the fly out there under pressure and uh, sometimes they, they execute them, sometimes they don't and, you know, we ended up um, on the losing end. If you come down to Limerick and see some of the vultures we have down there and listen to them and read them and stuff like that, like there's hidden agendas all over the place. There's hidden agendas against this squad, against maybe some of the backroom team. This is the Rewind on News Talk. You can get us on Twitter at Oshin Langan. Coming up more on all of that, including Paddy Mulligan on football and off the balls, Kian Murtha, who is at the Aviva. He'll talk to us about the Munster Leinster clash as well as Cocked and Ulster. He'll also discuss the fallout from those games. It's all getting very tight and tense in or around the top of the Pro 12. First, though, it's hurling. Cork remain in Division 1A after a dramatic 222 to 25 points win over Galway in the relegation playoff at Salt Hill. Harnady and Horgan got late goals for the Rebels, uh, but their defender Christopher Joyce, who missed most of last year through injury, told Red FM it was an improved defensive effort that saw them through. I think it was just about getting the right, really. Like, you know, we just needed to work as a unit. Um, our forwards were the second highest for- scoring forward team in the season, so we know if we get the balls in, brilliant. We just needed to work on no goals was the most important thing today. Like, you know, that's our main thing is no goals, no goals. We need to really cut that down. And today, you can see when we cut down the goals, our forwards will win us the games. Like. Cork's Christopher Joyce on the fact that they are staying up, but how damaging is the drop to Galway? Boss Michal Donoghue told Galway Bay FM, it's a blow, but not one that will define their season. It's history showing the teams that have contested the relegation battle have still gone on and done well in the championship. So as I said, the season definitely not going to define us for the year. Throughout the league, we tried a lot of players and you know today we probably had a bit of inexperience where we probably could have, at the game of the magnitude it was, we could have done with players with bigger experience. But look, you know, some lads come in and done well and um, you know, as I said, throughout the league, we've looked at 32 players. So look, as I said, it's not going to define our year. We're just going to push on and, and drive it on from here. All round bad news for Galway yesterday. It was confirmed that Jonathan Glynn will not be back for the championship. Limerick will play Waterford in the semi-finals after the Dacia's slender 17 points to 113 win away to Wexford while Kilkenny will take on Clare the banner beat Tipperary 213 to 18 points as expected the Cats absolutely mauling Offaly 620 to 14 points Dacia manager Derek McGrath spoke to WLR FM after the game at Innovate Wexford Park and he said what was particularly pleasing was that they won without actually playing really well without a shadow of a doubt fellas were below par today that's un- un- unquestionable that's but how many times have we seen Waterford teams being under par and being absolutely blown out the gate of both Ennis and, and Nolan Park under my own first uh, year, if you like. So I, I'm not going to say I think any 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 uh, comment that we're below par is probably disrespectful to how good Wexford are. I think Wexford are a very good team and I've, I've continued to say that, you know, all, all the way through. And I, I, I'll, that's my argument. I thought we managed the, the end of it very well in terms of the... The, the couple of rooks that were there and a the couple of throw-ins, if you like, everyone seemed to be knowing what, know, uh, knew what they were doing, so we're just happy enough with that. But well, look, I think we're four points up with four or three or four minutes to go, and mm. obviously when the tide turns against you and, that, and the momentum goes against you, it's nice to be able to kind of dig it out. I think Morris, Morris stood tall there in fairness. You know? So Waterford will play Limerick in the semi-finals, Limerick earning their place in the last four via a 121-119 to win over Dublin in Parnell Park on Saturday night. 
The Shannon Siders did not have the most ideal lead into that game, losing to Clare a few weeks back, meaning they'll stay in Division 1B even if they go on to win the league. On Saturday, Limerick manager TJ Ryan expressed joy with the win, but frustration with some of the coverage his team have been getting. I was disappointed with some of the stuff that was written over the last couple of weeks. And look, today's a good win. We're in the last four of the league. It's a good position to be in. We know about Parnell Park. It's a difficult place to come. Um, I don't think too many teams have won here in the last couple of years. And tonight we battled hard and we won the game. And that was even with a bad start because we, we, we lost a couple of guys before the game. There's eight lads in the pitch on our panel. We were missing 25% of our panel for the whole league. We missed, we missed the club championships last year. Missed them for the previous year. This team in three years in Division 1B has only lost two games in round-robin games, right? And in both those games with the men sent off. So, do you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's get real about it. Some of the stuff has been written, and I'm not blaming you, right? It's just wrong. How important was that win? Because... Oh, vital, 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 for, vital for the squad. Um, like, if you come down to Limerick and see some of the vultures we have down there and listen to them and read them and stuff like and like some of the stuff just like there's hidden agendas all over the place. There's hidden agendas against this squad, against maybe some of the backroom team. Like as I said, from a Limerick point of view, I'd like to look really kind of thank and appreciate the supporters who came here tonight. And look, as I said this team is working hard, it is very young, right? Like we go from one extreme to the other, we go from talking about winning all Ireland's to second managers and stuff. Let's get real. Is it hard to block all that out? Is it hard to concentrate? We're in a league semi final. Let's get real. Let's talk about winning the league. Yeah. Is it hard to block that stuff out? Because we always hear players say, we, all, we always hear players say, I don't read the media, it doesn't get to me. But obviously it's getting to you and it's getting to some lads. Look, there's people with hidden agendas all over the place in Limerick, unfortunately. Do you know what I'm saying? It's been part and parcel of it, it's been part and parcel of my reign. It's frustrating. Tonight's very pleasing. I'm delighted for the squad, delighted for the backroom team, delighted for the Limerick people who came here and delighted to be in the league semi final. You're with the Rewind on News Talk. That was TJ Ryan, the Limerick manager. Leo O'Connor and Morris O'Brien, otherwise known as Mossy, both represented the Green with pride. And after the game, but before TJ's post-match views, I asked them where the Shannon Siders are at. O'Brien obviously played with Dublin as well as Limerick, so we'll get his assessment of Jer Cunningham's side. At first, though, he talks about Limerick. A good game from yeah. from both sides, really. You know, Jer be a little disappointed there. They ran out of ideas towards the end, but from a Limerick point of view, very positive. Limerick needed to win that more, and they won it. You know. Limerick stepped up tonight like they didn't against Clare. I appreciate a man was sent off early in that game, but even from the early stages, Clare were on top in that last game. So, Leo, this is the performance that Limerick needed tonight. And to be fair, they came up with it. Absolutely. Um, you know, after the first 15 minutes, they really took their foot off the pedal and let the fills go and drove on. And, you know, they got a good few scores. And the first 15 minutes, it were very, very tentative. We were just talking about it was very tippy-tappy um, type of hurling. And it was nowhere relation to what it'll be like in the league semi-final or come or come once the championship time. So from Limerick's point of view, they opened up, they expressed themselves. The players, without shadow of a doubt, they were hurt because of the pride and, you know, the bit of, for want of a better word, Limerick, Limerick <laughs> negativity, I suppose, yeah. really. But we've driven on from it and we've taken it. And, you know, it's a great performance and a good win for Limerick. Don't get carried away. You've Waterford to play. You'll still learn a lot against Waterford. But the most important thing is there's a lot of young fellas up in that field tonight finishing up. Garrod Hegarty going on there at centre-forward doing, doing a very good job against Liam Rush. And from that point of view, you know, it's a good win and it's a good learning process for Limerick. There's a lot of winners in that Limerick team between Fitzgibbon Cup and underage and, and club as well, obviously, with Napiershik. And they looked like a team who were carrying the confidence of winners tonight. Yeah, they did. Look, look, there's a lot of guys out there with 21 medals. You know, you have a few guys that have picked up Fitzgibbon Cup medals and the Napiershik contingent coming back there today, you know. Look, they need that winning mentality. Look, it's probably a thing Limerick are lacking is a winning mentality. You know, it's very defeatist a lot of the time. You know, they need that winning mentality. They need to get used to winning matches. They need to use to winning matches here. Look, Dublin haven't been beaten here in five, year, five years. That's a big, big win to get. Come up to Parnell Park and beat Dublin is a big win. 
be whatever the circumstances may be so look they need to drive on from confidence in that you know the one thing you'll say with the Limerick team Limerick team with confidence are always dangerous for anybody yeah. Ronan Lynch did his job extremely well tonight sat back soaked up pressure spread the ball around gave it to lads in good positions also outstanding tonight Gavin O'Mahony no chat of a doubt Oshin, like, Lim- I was just talking about it Limerick half back line tonight scored six, six points David Burns got three points in play Gavin got two points in play you know and we got a free so like you know that's a big that middle third of the field that's a big return from that area we didn't get that below in Cusick Park and Ennis two weeks ago and hence we, were, we end up being beaten major I suppose really Oshin, when you look back and it's the penalty tonight Dublin didn't take the penalty the game was very much in the balance at the time they would have probably gone two or three points ahead and whether they were point, we were they were point up at time or we were point down, whatever. But look, they could have driven on if they scored that penalty, and it would have been a very interesting test in Limerick, from Limerick's from that point of view, from there. But look, as I said, a lot of positives in Limerick tonight, and you know, fellas are beginning to lift their head. Championship is ten weeks away now, eleven weeks away, and they want they all want to be in the starting fifteen. Mossy, it's all about. Uh I suppose consistency for Limerick now because a one-off performance isn't going to be enough to keep TJ happy, the players happy, and the fans happy. Look, in reality, that's their second test of the year. You know, they failed down in Ennis against Clare. That was the first test of the year. Be it look best of respect to the other teams, Division One B. Look, that's what Limerick targeted, and they failed. Today they came up. They had to win today. They did. Now, completely different test. Be it Waterford or Wexford. Look, we'll assume it's going to be Waterford. That's going to be a very different test of Limerick. You know, to, to be fair. Look, you saw Ronan Lynch in the sweeper system. Like you know, when you're playing against Waterford, you really have to have someone that's going to be able to play that role very, very well. So that was a good test of him tonight. Look, Sterner test ahead against Waterford as well. You know, and Waterford are going to do a lot of what Dublin did in this game, but they're probably going to do it better. Yeah, they are. But the physicality of the Waterford situation is going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot tougher again the next day. You know, and and as I said, it's a learning process for Limerick. And, no matter what we did tonight, you know, the most important thing is that we got a result because there was no point coming up here and being good losers and performing because at the end of the day we were going to be out of the National Hurling League 11 weeks to go before you play a championship. That's not good enough. You need competitive fare. Two weeks' time we go into the Waterford thing, we'll learn a lot and we'll, by God we'll challenge them. A lot of that team actually, the Tom Morrissey's, Ronan Lynch's, they have a very good record against Waterford and Minor over the last couple of years because they've, they've been beating Waterford meeting the Austin Decents and these guys of the world and they've had a very good very good record over them so look you know confidence going into it and they'll certainly have a go now there's no pressure now the pressure's gone off their shoulders now it's absolutely go out and perform now and make sure that you know that you're there for championship Massey well, this is one that Dublin could have won yeah they certainly could have won look very much the start of that game was played on Dublin's terms and if you were looking down after 15 minutes you'd say Limerick were playing straight into their hands they were allowing them taking the short puck outs and whatnot. Limerick really forced themselves up upon the game they made it a physical game then you know and they took over you know in the second the, first, the second period of the first half and again the second period of the second half that's where they took over the game but Dublin's system is very very nice you know Parnell Park be it the record here and whatnot. the system they're playing is not suited to playing games in Parnell Park that system is suited to Croke Park wide open expansive spaces so you wouldn't take too much from it tonight from a Dublin point of view because a lot of people will go oh it's, it's not looking good even though they stayed up in Division 1A that's the positive the negative is losing no this has been a very positive league for Jerk Cunningham you know look they've got three victories in Division 1A they've yeah. cemented their status up there look be it they got beaten tonight but still it was a, it was, it was a look an alright performance by them so I wouldn't be getting disheartened look 
Jerry's very much on, on, on a new thing with Dublin you know I went through the list of guys that were missing there from my era you know and last year and the year before you're talking Gary Maguire wasn't playing tonight Joey Boland Peter Kelly Paul Shute Danny Sutcliffe Conal Keeney Ryan O'Dwyer yeah. Paul Ryan you know so you can see what Jerry's doing this is Jerry's really yeah. putting his own stamp on this and he's trusting the young guys you know and yeah you, you can't be down on top of them then when they get beaten in a game like this you know they've won three games in Division 1A eh? No, it's been a fantastic league for them tonight. Winning tonight would have been a bonus on top of that facing into yeah. Waterford, but it's been a fantastic league for Dublin. And they've got some nice players as well. Eamon Dillon now consistent, Niall McMorrow a bit more consistent. Yeah, David really. Tracy missed one or two frees. Liam Rush at the back, sweeping up ball to, to, to burn, but maybe the temptation is to throw him up front. But Dublin have a lot of positives about them. They have Niall McMorrow at centre forward there tonight. I think he got four or five points in play. If you had Niall McMorrow again and getting ball tonight, he was getting 30 yards and goals that he'd be turning, taking you on. Yeah. He was turning, hitting ball over the bar tonight. You know, he's a major threat. Eamon Dillon certainly looks, a, a, you know, a very, very good prospect. Turned, took his man on, gathered one or two, got one or two frees for the Dublin boys. You know, it's not it's not negative about Dublin. You know, Dublin are on an upward curve. Like Dale was here, spent four or five years here, and it's probably Jerry's trying to change it over. But as Mossy said, but he's stamping it. But overall, like it's been a good performance for Dublin, a good performance for the, a league performance for him, yeah. considering they got a bit of a trimming in the first round of the league, and confidence was probably levels were probably gone that little bit lower. And to come back and win three games, they'll be disappointed tonight. There's no doubt about that. But look they'll look at it as positive because they've gained a lot of experience five or six very good very good games against top teams now you know that's what Limerick want as well and that's why the disappointing part for Limerick is to be in a league semi-final and still to be in Division 1B next year hopefully the powers that be have a look at it because certainly you know the the whole the whole structure the hurling league needs to be looked at probably you know like 2010 the year of the strike we were relegated that year. We won it the following year, and we were we were relegated again in a boardroom the following year in Crow Park. So we need, you know, we need to be getting back to one year. You know, it's something. It's a question mark that will hang over. And I suppose for for the time being, for the, the championship is over, and when they, when they have a look at it when it's all over again at the end of the year. But look, you know, good win for Limerick tonight, and we're we're more than happy. Former Limerick curlers Morris O'Brien and Leo O'Connor speaking to the Rewind here on News Talk following Limerick's win over Dublin in the Alliance League quarter final in Parnell Park on Saturday night. Both men part of the uh, Limerick Live Live ninety five FM commentary team. Now, before we go to football. A quick congratulations to Kerry, who achieved the result of the weekend, beating Leash in the Division 1B relegation playoff in Tralee, 227 to 119 the final score. The O'Moore go on to meet Leinster rivals Westmeath in next weekend's promotion relegation playoff. Westmeath, the winners of Division 2A, they don't get automatic promotion to 1B after winning that division. And uh, the argument as to whether or not they should, we'll leave for another time. In football, the semi-finals all set up. Dublin will face Donegal, while Kerry will meet Ross Common. The Rossies lost 113-112 to Dublin in Carrick on Shannon, although both had already secured their final four spots. Obviously, that game was supposed to go ahead in Hyde Park, but at 9am in the morning or thereabouts, it was announced that the Hyde Park pitch was unplayable, so they moved it to Leitrim. Now, it was interesting after the game to hear Ross Common joint manager Kevin Maxday challenge Donny Shine to get to the level required having just come back from injury. He seems to be questioning Shine's fitness maybe in this clip. But he does, to be fair, clarify that he thinks Shine can get there. He has to get the body now into another place. Like he has another three months now, four months to get right into the heart of the championship in good shape. Not in not in Donny Shine shape. That's that day has to go now. He has to move it on to a 
you know, for a big man, if he gets more by, look at the threat he'd be for us in midfield or centre forward or 14. So that's, yeah. that's the challenge for him. And I think he has the bit between the teeth now. He knows he's not going to walk onto our team, but we want him on our team. Interesting stuff from Kevin Maxday. Corker relegated after their 20 points to 112 defeat to Kerry in Tralee. Selector Owen O'Neill, though, told Red FM that the season so far has not been a complete bust, despite relegation. Yeah, yeah, it's not easy. Um, look, it's, it's talk, talking there a bit about it, but look, it's been a, it's been a, a league that we've experimented, experimented an awful lot in and tried different things. Um, we've won three games last four, and the scoring difference has put us down. We've had, uh, three teams have finished on the same points as us, and we, we're, d- we're the unlucky one in terms of scoring difference in, a, in our Roscommon day, which is a bad day for us. Um, but look, it, it is what it is now. The, the league is over this year. Um, we, we can't worry about the league until 2017 because uh, we're into the next stage of the year now and that's it's, it's done and dusted. Disappointed, no doubt. All the lads are very disappointed. But, you know, our last four games, we've, we've felt that we've performed a lot, lot better and we've, we've, I've used this word all along, we've stress-tested a lot of things and uh, I think we, 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 we're, we're a bit further down the road uh, than we were maybe against, after the Roscommon game. So we're happy with that, I guess. And how big a setback is relegation to this group? I look from a personal point of view, we're competitive men. Everybody inside that dressing room who's trying to cocktails, he wants to be uh, doing well with it. So, you know, can you turn around and say it's not a setback? Of course, it's, 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 it's a bit of a, it's, it's, it's not a good place to be in. You know, we're after getting relegated. But look, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's done now. Um, we, we, can, we can whinge and moan about it um, talk about the unfairness of score differences. You can talk all you want. But at the end of the day, that's the reality of it. We drive on now, we'll get our focus back. And, um, and see where that takes us. So Cork are down but not out. Congratulations to Clare, by the way, who earned promotion to Division 2. That's quite a rise under manager Colm Collins, who started with them when they were in Division 4. Leash and Armagh dropped to Division 3, while Cavan joined Tyrone in Division 1 next season. Lots more GAA, Camogie and Ladies Football reaction from the weekend, available now, by the way, on newstalk.com forward slash sport. Obviously, they'll have more this evening from 7 on Off the Ball. This is the Rewind, though, on News Talk. Still to come in the Premier League, but first it's rugby. And Off the Ball's Kean Murtha was at the Aviva on Saturday to watch Leinster beat Munster 16-13. Leinster top, Connacht second, by the way, following their 18-10 loss to Ulster on Friday in Kingspan Stadium. Before we chat to Kean, here is Munster coach Anthony Foley, but first, Leinster's Leo Cullen. Yeah, it was pretty exhausting because I was sitting in the box there. <laughs> um, yeah, it was nervy. Um, we rode our luck there for sure. Um, we're a bit, I suppose, uh, we're a bit lucky the fact that Munster felt they had to go for the win, so... Um, in, in theory, the game should have been a draw, really, because I thought there was wasn't a huge amount between the teams. I thought uh, we'd done enough to win the game. Um, real, real feeling of uh, one left behind um, in a crucial moment of the season. You know, to you know, to be camped under line the last few minutes of the game and not uh, not to come away with a win or at least a draw is uh, something that's you know it's uh, disappointing. Kian Murtha, who you'll know from Off the Ball and various rugby articles on newstalk.com forward slash sport. Kian, you were at the Aviva. Um, what did you make of the game? I guess uh, Anthony Foley and Leo Cullen summed it up kind of nicely there. Probably should have been a draw. Yeah, interesting to hear Foley uh, say that he felt that it should be a win and Cullen concede uh, that um, a draw would have been a fair result for both sides. Johnny Sexton said something similar as well. Um which would lead you to suggest that Munster felt a, a little aggrieved that they didn't win the game. And maybe that is down to just those final few minutes when they were um, hammering the Leinster line and uh, Dave Kilcoyne decided to tap and go and uh, whether or not that was the right mistake or right move to make, uh, I guess, time will tell or the end of the season will tell on, on the table. It was a strange game machine. It was 
It was bitty. It was scrappy. Neither side was able to kind of build a lot of momentum. In fairness to Munster, they probably played more of the rugby and did manage to string more of those phases together. For example, the try that Johnny Holland scored uh, was the result of probably the most sustained period of possession in the uh, in the entire game for either team. Um, Leinster were trying to do things. You could tell Sexton was definitely kind of controlling... Um, what they were trying to do, but a lot of it involved just kind of one-up runners, Ben Teo carrying into first tacklers and maybe trying to take two or three men down to ground with them and then trying to recycle quickly enough. And really, it was it was quite one-dimensional, I felt, from Leinster, whereas Munster at least were trying to do things. It's, it's unquestionable that uh, things didn't fall the right way for Anthony Foley on the day. I mean, losing Dunica Ryan, for example, yeah. so early on, Ryan played really well in the, whatever he was, 16 minutes that he was on the field. Uh, included one really nice offload that uh, pretty much set up or created the um, the pressure that led to the first penalty for Holland, um, and and then obviously you 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 factor in the end game as well when um, really they had a huge overlap the entire pack not just uh, Dave Kilcoyne were guilty of of not spotting Keith Earls out on his own uh, on the left wing with no man to beat and uh, all the space in the world in which to do it so definitely things didn't fall their way. Um, but really, I mean, at the same time, a draw would have would have been immeasurably uh, better for uh, Munster than it was for Leinster, and, and it could well end up costing them at the end of the season. A lot of debate about bringing Ian Keatley on yeah. for John Johnny Holland, who was actually playing ridiculously well. He was creating things, and he didn't look tired. Anthony Foley defended the move. He said, "Look, that was something we would have looked at." And you know, Ian Keatley is, in his words, an experienced international. Okay, four caps, mm. but I do get what he means. Right or wrong decision? Yeah, Foley did have to justify it. Or felt, I think, uh, he, he immediately tried to justify it when he was asked about it in the post-match press conference and said, as you said, that you know he had a closer on the bench effectively and that you want to bring him on and get him up to match speed before the end of the game. You don't want to be throwing him in with five minutes to go. Look, it didn't work out for Anthony Foley. I mean, in hindsight, it, it was probably the wrong move. But um, at the same time, uh, you can understand his logic. That said, it doesn't quite tally that you'd put Holland on and start him in such a game in a game of such huge significance if you didn't feel that he was able to see out the game and that you didn't you weren't going to back him. So if he wasn't doing anything wrong, why take him off? It is yeah, it's a strange one. I like I don't I I have a little bit of sympathy for Ian Keel, Ian Keatley. He didn't do anything hugely wrong when he yeah. came on, but like as soon as he came on, there was a couple of Munster fans sitting behind me. I was right on the edge of the press area. And straight away, anything he did, oh, it's the wrong thing. You know, I mean, he's he's very much a guy who has polar, polarised opinion in Munster now. And it seems like he can't do anything right. And there was, there was two players who came off the bench in that game who you just felt they came on knowing that they needed to make an impact or feeling themselves that they had to make a difference. Keane Healy and Ian Keatley. Healy was sin-binned for a crazy tackle and also knocked on... Um, quite needlessly when he tried to just pick and jam and it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do and, and that's kind of become something that's hanging over Healy. He feels like he needs to make an impact every time he's on the ball be- or every time he's involved in the game. Because it's your cliche, trying too hard, which I always thought sounded ridiculous but I actually kind of get it yeah. in the context of Key and Healy. Yeah. Like that the tackle he... A couple of years ago, and I know that this is kind of pointless saying this because there's a lot of things that went on in all sports a couple of years ago that wouldn't be acceptable now, and that's fair enough. But the no-arms tackle, it was kind of harsh because, and I forget who it was, was running at him so fast. He got down low, and he his arms were out. Mm. They just weren't around. Mm-hmm. 
might have been Dave Kilcoyne. I'm open yeah. to to correction on that. But uh, you're yeah, you're right. But it was it, it's just that mentality Healy has at the moment. It's like I have to put my hand up here. I have to show that I'm back to my best because Jack McGrath is streaking away from me. You know, um, and Keely did something similar. Like he played a a, a reasonable. Uh, game management, maybe slightly more conservative than Holland. He, he he sat a little bit deeper, but he tried to take the ball on a couple of times. He collided with Simon Zebo and coughed up possession. It was just it was just scrappy, and you could see he was trying to force things. Mm. And the fact that he missed a penalty just a couple of minutes after coming on obviously didn't help him either. Look, I I, I think Holland would have been the better better option, and it could have um, it could have basically helped Munster in the long run. But hey, look, that's hindsight, you know. Well, that's Leinster and Munster, but what about the Friday night game between Ulster and Connacht? Connacht came away with a lot of pride, unfortunately, nothing else. They lost 18-10 to Ulster, but, I mean, that Connacht defence, wow, that's all I can say. Maybe you can sum it up a bit better. After all, that is why you're here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a good point because um, uh, it's something that, you know, so for so much of the season, Connacht have been going through it. Uh, scoring tries for fun and winning off the back of their attack and winning off the back of the their ability to score tries and um, outscore the opposition. Um, but given the fact that they're missing so many key players, particularly when it comes to their attack, um, that they've been able to kind of maybe change their game plan a little bit and just soak up all of that pressure and still come away uh, with... Uh, well, a, lose, a, a win against Leinster the previous week and, and come so close to getting their first win in Belfast um, in 50-odd years last weekend is an immense credit to the coaching staff that are there. And it shows that they have, throughout this season, they've learned different ways in which to win games, which I think is going to uh, count um, and stand towards them uh, for them when it comes to the playoffs at the end of the season. You know, they can win ugly as well as win um, with skill and with... Um, quickness of a uh, sleight of hand and quickness of foot yeah. and have now been able to kind of grind out results as well much in the way that we would have seen uh, Connacht's teams in the past do so now obviously they didn't win uh, against Ulster uh, but the fact that uh, they are level on points with Leinster um, this close to the end of the season is going to I mean it means that they're they're effectively home and host they're definitely going to finish in the semi-final and, and you would expect them to claim a, a home semi-final at this stage everyone is talking about Connacht because it's like the Leicester City thing. It's yeah, a, it's the fairy tale of the season. Exactly, but that means that people haven't really looked at Ulster, particularly in this game. Mm. Talk to me about Ulster. Should they have won this by more, or is it all credit to Connacht? They defended well, and no one would have beaten them. Or, you know, how how do you look at it? Well, Ulster were going into this game with in under a fair bit of pressure. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were they were staring down a defeat would have meant that they would effectively have fallen out of the. Um, out of the chase for the top four almost entirely, you know. I mean, they, they, they and Munster were kind of on an even par going into this uh, round of games, and you've seen what's you've seen what's happened to Munster off the back of their defeat to Leinster, you know. And and Ulster would have been in a similar situation if they'd lost to the league leaders, you know, the top try scorers in the tournament, and a, a team that were high on momentum after beating Leinster the previous week. So, to a certain extent, it was the pressure was all on Ulster, even though they had home advantage. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, they performed superbly. They had, uh, they have so many options when all their players are fit behind the scrum. You know, you've got Jared Payne playing full back, but that could so easily have been Stuart Olding or Craig Gilroy. You've got um, McCluskey and Marshall in the centre, but that could easily be Payne and, and Darren Cave. They've got loads of options. And with Les Kiss there, you get the sense that they can 
they're starting to use those options the right way. Ian Henderson coming back is again a huge player for them. Nick Williams is going to come back in the next week or so as well, just at the right time for um, the the run into the end of the season. And it just feels like all of their chips are starting to fall at the right time at the right places. Back to Connacht, they play Grenoble this weekend in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, It's an interesting debate, isn't it? Do they go for that or do they look at the league and say, this is our best chance of success? We're almost certain to get into the Champions Cup and we can still finish in the top two. And that is vitally important because by and large, teams that get away semi-finals that yeah. finish third or fourth don't win them. Yeah. you I, Look, I agree with you uh, in, in principle, but the way Pat Lamb has, um, has motivated and managed his team of players this season, I can't see him... Um, just deciding to throw this game, you yeah. know, I, he he has kind of he's backed his players to perform um, right throughout the season. And I don't see him kind of you know just deciding uh, the the league is so much more important, and that's what we're yeah. going to put all our eggs in now. I I I qualify that by saying that they do have so many injuries, and it is going to be interesting to see. I think we'll find out tomorrow uh, the the health of their squad this week. I mean, they they lost the likes of Marmion. Um, who would have been a player who you know would obviously have started in in Belfast uh, last weekend, uh, and that seemed to be just a soft a soft tis, a soft tissue injury, so he should be back next or for this weekend. But if you can get maybe two or three more of those players, then you know Pat Lamb might say, okay, let's go gung ho at this. If he loses another player or two, for example, then maybe he has to be a bit more pragmatic about it and kind of do kind of marshal his resources a little bit better but at the same time anyway any player he seems to plug in there at the moment is playing like so well you know I mean you had um, Connolly James Connolly started in the back row last weekend you've Peter Robbie Peter Rob Peter Rob the centre who's you know played particularly well back-to-back games now as well and these guys are just coming out of the woodwork and, and Lamb is giving them uh, his uh, he's putting his faith in them and they're repaying him in spades so um, it doesn't really seem to matter what kind of team he puts out at the moment they are still going to play the same Connacht style of rugby and inevitably it's leading to results yeah, Common sense dictates don't give a guy his starting debut against Leinster but that's what he did and Peter Robb yeah. was pretty immense yeah. and he was, he was excellent OK, Kian Murtha, thanks very much um, more talk about rugby tonight on Off The Ball that's Monday Night Rugby if you're listening to this on Monday later in the week obviously they've got Wednesday Night Rugby and uh, the build-up to Connacht against Grenoble will continue throughout the course of the week for now though, Kian, thank you Cheers, Oshie Football now and as always we're joined by ex-Chelsea West Brom, Crystal Palace, Shamrock Rovers and Ireland defender Paddy Mulligan Paddy, we'll get to um, the SSE or Tricity League and the Champions League and indeed Ireland in a couple of minutes but first in the Premier League Leicester 7 points clear with 6 games to go after their 1-0 win against Southampton they're going to win it aren't they? They play the way that I love to see teams playing and and especially defensively they are so good defensively Uh, defenders defend when they have to defend they mark people they they kick the ball clear if they have to put it into the stand they go and do that if if they have to kick it in the touch they go and do it it doesn't matter uh, how they defend um, but they, they just appear to love doing it. And drink water in, in midfield has, has been has been fabulous for them. And um, Jamie Vardy makes so many so many wonderful runs across that back four that he's a real real torment. I mean, he, he, you knock a ball up to up, up towards Vardy, and he makes he makes a bad ball into into a good ball. And the first half yesterday, he made he made a wonderful run down the left and played it across the face of the ball and and um, I forget which Leicester City player it was that, that just just barely missed it and. 
could have put them one up. But don't forget, Southampton are a very, very good team. Southampton played very, very well yesterday. So so uh, Leicester had to had to be that little bit better than Southampton, and I felt that they were. Um, perhaps should have won it by maybe uh, another goal or two. Uh, Simpson at, at right back had a smashing game from the from the defensive viewpoint, which is, which is what he's supposed to go and do, and then just missed an absolute sitter. Uh, in, in the second half when it was easier to go and tap the ball into the back of the net than do what he did but look at these things happen and, and uh, you're, you're not going to you're not going to chastise him too much for that but defensively they, they were smashing and they're playing with a great confidence exuberance and you know the beauty about them Oshin they play with a real honesty and everybody plays for themselves uh, plays, plays for each other Morgan at the back immense and he, he, he's talking people into position Hooth as well uh, just those two self-defenders magnificent not to mention the two full backs and Fuchs, the ball that Fuchs played in for the for the for the for the header uh, from Morgan, magnificent ball, but what a magnificent header! No, it's, it's great stuff, and and if 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 it'll be a travesty, I think now at this stage, if Leicester don't go on and and, and win it. Has Ranieri got the best out of players like Morgan and Hoots and Drinkwater and look Vardy and Mares? Obviously, are the guys that really jump out, but. If he all has Brighton, done all that, Brighton from Villa, exactly. You know. If he has done that, how has he done that? And Pearson before him, before them. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's the confidence that managers uh, give the players that they they the, the the players get to believe that they can do absolutely anything, yeah. and then they start winning games. And the confidence is confidence is a wonderful thing. When you have that confidence, you yourself can believe that you'll that you'll do anything. But when you have a manager who's who's cajoling you and who's praising you, and and who's treating you like 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 men. Well, and as Ranieri obviously is, well, then you've you know you've you've, you've got a great. He's chance. giving nothing away publicly. His his post match interviews are actually quite boring. But from your links to Chelsea, you'd know quite a bit about him and how he goes yeah. about his job. He's, Tell he, us a bit more about the the, the 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 Ranieri we don't see. He's he's playing brilliantly, and and, and what, what what you see what you see with Ranieri in in in, in post match interviews is that he's, he, he just wants to get the post-match interview over and done yeah. with as quickly as he possibly can. It's in the dressing room where he does all his good work. It's on the training pitch when, it, when he does all his good work. And he's going around chatting to players and he's giving them the confidence. He's shown them what to do. He's shown them how to do it. He's shown when they can do it. And, and look at it. it, it, it it's, just been, it's just wonderful man management that he cares for every player there. The, the, no player appears to be unhappy there under, under any area. And he's saying all the right things. He's obviously saying all the right things with the players as well because they're, they're performing out, out of their skins. And perhaps some of them are playing way above their station. But that's great credit to the manager yeah. if he can get them playing to the best of their ability. And that's what good management is all about. Get players playing to the very best of their ability and see where it takes you. And looks where, look, look where it's taking Leicester City. I don't think I don't think Ranieri should Ranieri should leave Leicester. I think he should, he should stay there. He's after you know Nigel Pearson first of all started off this this project and now and now um, Ranieri has has has, uh, has has continued on with it. No, Ranieri should uh, I think should stay at Leicester. Like like the Leicester City players should all stay together as well. Yeah. The likes of Vardy and and and, and Marais, uh, and Drinkwater they shouldn't even be thinking of going anyplace else because what, but the what, nature of it is that they will. Well, I hope not because they, they, but they will. They, they should realistically, be, they, yeah, they should be. They we know they be, will. They should it's be. Going to happen. They should be very happy in in, yeah. in, in, in their own environment. Um, and who's to say that they'd be the success yeah. at another club that they are at Leicester City? You know, they've they've a great thing going at Leicester City. They might not fit in. Of to, course, to, you're right. You're absolutely right. Clubs. But, they but, just might not. Just but, might, not, might not happen but because won't the expectation. Always move, though? But just, just, just take for example, if they went to Liverpool or United or yeah. Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, the expectation there is colossal. 
could they meet that expectation? They're in a, if, if you might say, they're in a bit of a comfort zone at this moment because nobody has expected them to be in this position. Yeah. Uh, probably needs to ball themselves. But they're there and now they're enjoying it. So while they're enjoying it, I'd be inclined to say, look at lads, you all stay together, give Ranieri money during the summer, add to the squad if, 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 if possible and, go, and let's go again. Do you think it's in any way possible they will stay? Um, I would like the, the romantic in me would like to think that yeah. that, that they that they the will realist. say, but the realist will say that one or two yeah. players will probably will probably move on, and and um, if they do move on, I hope that they're very successful in when they do move on. But I I would have my I would have a, a grave uh, doubts about it. Vardy I don't think Mares Mares suits yeah. suits Leicester down to the ground. Vardy suits Leicester down to the ground. I don't think that Mares, for instance, will be the player that he that he is at Leicester any place else somehow or another. Um, again, it comes to the expectation. He's going to go to a, to a much bigger club than than than, uh, than Leicester City, and he may not be able to handle that expectation because at 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 at, at the clubs I, I I mentioned a few a few seconds ago, they expect to win leagues, they expect to win Champions Leagues, they expect to win cups. At Leicester City, nothing like that was expected. So now, can he handle that? That's the expectation, yeah. and and players have been have been found wanting when they've gone. Look at the Southampton players who went to Liverpool, yeah. thinking to be a doddle, but because the but, expectation of Liverpool yeah. is so big, rightly or wrongly, but they, but they weren't great happened. to start with. Well, would be the, the point the, there, and the thing about it Lallana's is, is that Mahrez, international, yeah, you know, well, Lovren, we, yeah, but so was Carlton Palmer, yeah, but Lallana is still in the English team, and they're all to, yeah. and they're all talk, uh, they're all talking him up still. Yeah. So, yeah, but my point is right that Mahrez and Vardy, you're right. There would be more expected of them when they go to these big uh, clubs. But since the pressure has come on Leicester and since this kind of whole thing of, oh my God, they could actually win the Premier League has started, they have continued to deliver. So it suggests to me that no matter where they went, they could deliver because they are doing it under pressure as we speak and they've, they've proved it all season. Yeah, I don't think they're under, uh, they're under as much pressure now, believe it or not, as they would be at the likes of Man U, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yeah. I think they'd be under immense pressure. Plus the fact the squad would be much bigger as well. And they may they may not play every week. Now they're playing every week. Yeah. And it's wonderful. And and it, it's great. It, that's great to see. I love to see a team, uh, see the same team every week. That only if, if, if injuries or lack of form would, would leave you out. This squad rotation system, to me, I, I, I've, just, I've never been happy with it. Uh, and uh, would Vardy settle into a to a squad situation? Would Mare settle into a squad situation? Would Drinkwater settle into a squad squad situation? I'm not so I'm not so sure they would. They love playing, yeah. and that every footballer should love playing. Yeah. They 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 want to play every week and every second uh, that, that 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 they're breathing, and that's that's that is absolutely magnificent and and wonderful for for those players. Now, if they go to a bigger club, can they do that yeah. every week? That's 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 another problem that I see. Manchester United beating Everton 1-0. They're now just one point behind Manchester City. They play Spurs next week. It's live on Off the Ball, as is Leicester's game on uh, Sunday against uh, Sunderland. Um, They seem to be good at home, Manchester United. They seem to be getting uh, a run of things going. How anybody won that game yesterday, I'll never know, because all it was 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 a pre-season friendly or a testimonial match or a training session. Because both teams, I thought, yesterday were absolutely appalling. They never try to like why, God only knows. Uh, I expected an awful lot more from Everton. We're getting much more of the same from Man United as we have, as we have done all season. But I thought that Everton, uh, Everton have, have, are unbeaten in eight away games. I thought right they'll 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 show up. They never ever showed up yesterday. 
um, Barkley in midfield that everybody is talking about again was found wanting. Seamus Coleman still hasn't addressed his defensive frailties and that's a huge concern for Ireland. He hasn't addressed or Martinez hasn't addressed them and a he, player will take his lead from the manager. Martinez hasn't addressed them. Previous managers haven't, haven't addressed it. David Moyes didn't address it. Martinez certainly hasn't addressed it. No question about that. And why it hasn't been addressed, I don't know. Okay. Um, why the, why the experience that likes of Jackie Elka hasn't gone to Coleman and, and said something maybe he has and maybe Seamus was just caught again yesterday but it's, it's happening it's happening far, far too much but but getting back to the, to, to, to the actual game itself um, Everton were appalling they had absolutely nothing going for them and Man United were just as bad and that was that was the sad part about it it was, it was a horrible horrible game to watch and and uh, the greats, the former greats of Man United, they they must be shaking their head in disbelief because this is not this is not the Man United. I know that football has changed. I know systems change. I know the players change. I understand all of that, but there's there's, there's no excuse for lack of effort um, and, and and for not getting your tackles in, for not getting your passing right. I mean, the number of times that both teams gave the ball away yesterday it was absolutely dreadful. I just I couldn't believe what yeah. I was saying. If you if 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 a ten year old did what they were doing yesterday, and He'd say, "Well, you know, just what is going on?" And I'd like, to, I'd love to know what's going on between Monday and Friday uh, in training sessions, because surely they can't be that bad in training sessions, and surely the basic skills yeah. of the game are, are taught to these players. But they couldn't even pass the ball. It doesn't get more basic than that, Oshin, at 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 professional level. That if you can't pass a ball ten yards, you've got a real problem. And both of those teams yesterday have real, real problems. Manchester City in fourth position, one point ahead of Manchester United. They play PSG away during the week in the Champions League in the first leg of their quarter final. Um, the manager, Manuel Pellegrini, taking a bit of a break last week. He went to Cove and uh, Kilkenny. Yeah. Uh, Sensible think- man. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Two nice places to go to as well. Um, how do you think City are fixed going into this game against PSG? A little bit better probably than what they have been over the past few weeks that uh, Kevin De Bruyne is back and he came back and played, played well against Bournemouth the weekend and, 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 and got a goal as well. And Silva seemed to be uh, back, to, back to a little bit of form. But City need all of their big players playing well. Yeah. And if they don't have their big players playing well, and especially Silva in midfield, well, then they're, they're, they're going to be in trouble. And it's going to be a very, very difficult match for them against PSG. Not that I think that PSG are, are world beaters, but... City City are, 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 are way off the pace at this moment in time and they have been for, for most of the season in, in, in the Premier League and that's 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 the pity of it. Can they can they can they can they switch back on again and, and, and start performing the way we know that, that City a City team can with the with the quality of player that's there? That that remains to be seen. I but I would I would certainly have my have my doubts about that because defensively they're still very, very, very frail. We'll finish off with the SSE or Tricity League, but before we get to that and we haven't spoken to you since Ireland played in the friendly against Slovakia last week, drawing two all, of course, before that they beat Switzerland 1-0. Um, what did you make of the performances? Anything to take from them going nothing, into the Euros? Nothing, no, nothing, nothing nope. much, unfortunately. No, I thought that uh, the game against Switzerland, I thought that it was a poor enough match. Um, and that, again, uh, passing passing let, let the Irish team down and... and uh, uh, Slovakia was a bit better because of the four goals in the, in, in the first half mm. and that's what goals will always make it that bit exciting but then the second half with Shane Long went off everything just became very very drab and and, and, and very predictable yeah. as to what was uh, Judging just on the first half do you, do you see something in the system the formation that he played that well, evening? Well you see I'd want, to, I'd, want to, I'd want to see that over, over 90 minutes I want to see that on a consistent basis mm. I, want to see, I want to see McCarthy 
in midfield developing an awful lot more I want to see McCarthy picking up players instead of letting people run past him and being lazy as he was again at Old Trafford yesterday but he was very lazy against uh, the Slovaks when McShane uh, um, got, had an on goal a deflection but that was McCarthy's man McCarthy let him go he shouldn't be letting him go it's as simple as that but he does that far too often he was lazy at Old Trafford yesterday he was lazy against Slovakia and he's been lazy in my estimation for a long long time in the Irish jersey and he's going to have to start you know, stepping up to the mm. mark because he, for me he hasn't there's, there's ability there now whether he thinks he's got too much ability and he thinks he can stroll through games well that's his problem but he, 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 can't, he, won't, he, won't be, he will not be able to stroll through the Euros, that, that's for sure. So Martin O'Neill and Keane just better get on to him and say, look at what is going yeah. on here, James, because I don't mind, I don't mind his, his style being, being a, a bit laid back. But when it comes to the point of being lazy, well then that's, that's when I have a big, big problem. Is that system one that makes us vulnerable out wide? As we saw, I mean, the both of the Slovakian goals came from wide positions. Or can you put those down to individual mistakes and say, actually, I see merit in this because it allows our fullbacks to push on. It allows Shane Long to stretch defences. That's pre- presuming he starts. And it allows Wes Houlihan to spray the ball around, to use it in an attacking sense. Yeah, but if, 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 if you come up against a better, a better quality team than either the, the Swiss or, or, or the Slovaks, then you're going to, you're going to be in trouble because you're going to get, you're going to get crucified. <clears throat> I don't think he can be as as, as flamboyant uh, as that. And if you're going to get Wes Hoolan on the ball, you better make sure that he it's not it's not five aside balls that he's yeah. playing. That's all. That's not all five yarders or, or or ten yarders. He's he's got to he's got to look for the more expensive ball when it's on to play the more expensive ball. But he you know Wes has got to start getting the full backs into into play, which I I don't see Wes doing that. Yeah. Wes doesn't score goals. Uh, Wes creates very little, go- very little goals, and that's that's another problem that I have. Uh, maybe I'm being overcritical of, of, of the lad, but that that's just the, the problems that I see. And as regards uh, the system, they have to be versatile in, in in the way that they play. They have to take each game on its merits and say, right, today we're going to play this way against the Italians, or this way against the Belgians, or this way again uh, uh, against the Swedes. And if they if they can get that right, they have, so they have to be versatile, and the management have got to know, and the players have got to know, yeah. and the players have, have got to uh, be able to exhibit that they can go and, and do this and think in a foot, with, with football intelligence. And if they can do that, and they they know when to go, they know when to fill in, they know when 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 they're being stretched. Well, then they've they've got a chance, but that's a, that's a that's a huge ask of of, of any team. But I, I would expect that probably he'll he'll probably flood midfield a little bit and, and may, maybe have three or four in in, in midfield. Okay, that's Let's what I would expect. And, and if he's going to play three in midfield, yeah. he's going to have to have the two full backs really, really bombing up and down that the, those touchlines. There's no no question about that. Let's finish with the SSE Electricity League. You got a good look at Dundalk on Friday night, drawing one all with uh, Derry City. A result they'll no doubt be disappointed with. Oh yeah, they'll be disappointed at home that that uh, they, they they would have felt that they were in. in, in uh, although one nil is never never a, a good lead to be hanging on to, um, but they would have still felt that at, at, at Oriel Park they would have uh, seen the the Derry challenge off. But you know, Derry are up there at the top as well, and and they're not up there just for the fun of it. They they mean business, and and they got a, I thought they got a very well deserved equaliser. And, and and deserve to get the uh, the point eventually uh, in Dundalk when Dundalk lets him off the hook a little bit. So Stephen Kenny won't be won't be uh, he won't be too he'll, he'll be unhappy at, at at only drawing at home, but he won't be too too unhappy at, at, at coming back and having having beaten Pat's four nothing the previous week. So he'll, he'll be, you know, Dundalk are still in, go, in very very good shape. 
Macmillan looks a player, doesn't he? Oh yeah, decent player. Very, 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 very decent. Good on the ball, which is which is uh, which is very touch is very good. Yeah, and Finn was decent in the well, Finn, of the Finn, as well. Finn has been a smashing player for for quite a few years. You know, I mean, uh, I would have given Finn man of the match there the, the other night. As a matter of fact, I think I think he got man of the match. Uh, but Finn Finn is very controlled in midfield, and yeah. you know he loves to put his foot in the ball, and and he and he can pick a pass. And Martin O'Neill could could do worse than have a look at him as well, but maybe it's a bit too it's certainly a bit too late for the Euros. Yeah. But they should be looking at these at these lads and bring them in and 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 bring them in bring them into the squad for squad training sessions, like you know, he did with Gary Rogers. Like he did with Gary Rogers. Oh, there's no harm in bringing bringing people like that in, yeah. and 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 uh, let them taste let them taste the environment. And if nothing comes, well, so what? You've lost nothing. And if something comes, well, that's a, that's a, that'd be a nice bonus to have for both the player and for for uh, the Irish squad. Okay, Paddy Mulligan, thank you for joining us on the Rewind podcast here on News Talk. Don't forget more on the SSE Electricity League on Wednesday when Richie and I bring you the SSE Electricity League podcast on News Talk and, of course, on a off the ball on Tuesday night, they've got Stewie Byrne on the League of Ireland segment. For now, though, Paddy, thank you. Thank you, Ocean. Well, that's it for this week. We're back again next Monday. Off the ball on air every night this week from 7 o'clock on Saturday from 1 and Sunday from 12. Two live and exclusive Premier League games next uh, Sunday including Leicester against Sunderland and Manchester United against Spurs just uh, one last line before we go congratulations to Fanula McCormick who this weekend reached the qualifying standard for the 10,000 metres at the Olympics she's also qualified for the marathon a great weekend for the Wicklow runner from myself Oisín Langan uh, it's goodbye and good luck Rewind with Oisín Langan he sends the ball to cross goal over to Martial and Anthony Martial makes it 1-0 we have to play now Tottenham. It's not an easy match, but normally we are playing very well against the top teams. So when we continue with that, I shall be very happy. And it's gone into the back of the net. Wes Morgan! It has to be said against the run of play. And Wes Morgan has delivered a big, big moment in the Premier League side. You know, there's decisions being made on the fly out there under pressure. And uh, sometimes they, they execute them, sometimes they don't. And, you know, we ended up... Um, on the losing end.